ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for attending the Centre for Independent Studies this evening. My name is Dr. Jeremy Sannett, and I'm a Senior Research Fellow here at the Centre. It's my pleasure to welcome our distinguished speaker, the Honourable Andrew Robb, and to introduce tonight's topic, which is the implications of President Donald Trump's trade policies for Australia. As we Remembering that the free trade party led by George Reid undeniably lost the first federal election in 1901. To a very long story short, this put the protectionist party in the box seat and put the Labor Party from free trade protectionism over the course of the first decade of federation. This ultimately led to tariff protectionism becoming entrenched until the 1980s an untouchable national institution. Had the path to free trade been made more effectively, in 1901, then maybe the political and economic history of Australia may have been very different. I think we should ponder this at a time when um, the, what we think of the established political and economic certainties are under attack from economic populist movements, both in Australia and overseas. Those who believe in free trade therefore need to be vigilant in continuing to make the case for free trade. Less political opportunism combined with a latent nostalgia the error of Australia made, lead the nation to reverse course and head back down the protectionist path. The CIS is therefore delighted and privileged to have Andrew Robb here tonight. There are a few people who are as well qualified by background and experience to speak about international, to speak about both the international and domestic side of trade issues. As Australia's Minister for Trade and Investment, Mr Robb negotiated the 12-country Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement. He also negotiated free trade agreements with South Korea, Japan and China as well as the Comprehensive Strategic Partnership with Singapore. Mr Robb was General Secretary of the Liberal Party of Australia, including his role as Campaign Director of the 1996 federal election, which brought former Prime Minister 
the Honourable John Howard into government with the biggest Liberal Party win in history. Mr Robb stood for Parliament in 2004 and was elected to the federal seat of Goldstein until retiring at the 2016 election. With a long and continuing career in the agricultural sector, one of Australia's most important trade industries, Mr Robb was a former Executive Director of the Cattle Council of Australia and a former CEO of Australia's peak farmers organisation, the National Farmers Federation. Among his current roles for a range of national and international business, he's a board member of the Kidman Cattle Enterprise, chair of AsiaLink, and strategic advisor to the Beef Council. Thank you. 
They, they, because they're unelected and unaccountable, um, they, that's a social experiment which is going to, in my view, got only one result coming. It might take a while, but we saw the start of it with Brexit because it is creating a, a body of people who think they're supreme and um, they act that way and it's a, it's a very damaging. Now, that's, a one, that's the extreme of it, in my view, but... Um, you go to Washington, which I've been to for the last 30 years, every year. It's a club. It's a club. OK, there's diff two different strands of thought, but they're still, at the end of the day, they're still having dinners together and, you know, it's, it's all... It's not as it should be, and that is people who... You should have people like... They're all good people. They've got the right motivation, but they're such a narrow body of people. Now, that's where I think Trump was giving a voice to the, all those people who feel that they're being disadvantaged because the people who are making decisions, both the politicians and the bureaucrats, more often than not, have become a club which is... which is...
Thank you. 
particularly in the Asia-Pacific, yeah. maybe zooming in specifically on a country or talking generally? Well, it's, you know, it's just been about the more audience just trying to see things the way that we left the country. And um, there's so much opportunity out there for us. And so much of the devastated business is going on in this country. You know, I've talked from big companies out of some kind of thing about buying time. And they said, what do you want to do that for? Oh, let's go to the business division. I said, you get the plan, some of these ladies will be working on the other one. And secondly, I'm going to touch the side for you. I like that. So, what are you doing, really? So, I give them some alternatives where they can get very different money. You can have the same thing. I mean, it's not so much good to buy them. It is. I'm getting money. Here is um, we, we, 
all through human history, these exchanges have enriched us. So I think it's been wonderful tonight to hear you speak in a very practical way because I 100% agree with you. We can't talk about trade in ways that are just about, you know, GDP and per capita growth. People switch off. But when we talk about compare North Korea and South Korea, even the CFMEU, I think, although maybe that it is better to live in an open, liberal, trading South Korea than seven percent in North Korea, most poor people. Um, I think you talked so interestingly, and it was such, uh, you know, extraordinary experience stretching back 30 years about trade. I'm both fascinated to hear your judgments about President Trump, and I have to say, really forward because in the research that I'm writing, you, you backed up the sorts of things that, in my own modest way, I'm writing. So I might go back to the um, recording and transcribe them to have a few quotes to back me up as well. It's certainly true, as you said, that in these first hundred days. Um, Trump has proved that um, Teddy Roosevelt didn't know it all. Teddy Roosevelt said, you talk softly and carry on. You carry a big stick and also go a long way. But I think as you observed, it's also true that the growl is louder than the bite. And as we've seen, um, there's a lot of um, consternation, for example, even these weeks, that weeks about um, Trump imposing 20% tariffs on Canada. Who would have thought that President Bush in 2002 put 27% tariffs on Canadian lumber? This is an old story. But the press, of course, want to write about Donald Trump, ooh, terrifying man, evil man, never going to get a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Whereas, in fact, a lot of what Trump is doing isn't that unusual, as you observed. And I think we also saw one thing that Trump said is that, ah, it's a negotiating tactic. I'm going to put 40% tariffs on China. You watch. And when he was challenged in the Republican debate by uh, Ted Cruz, he said, well, I won't have to put it on because they're going to be frightened and they'll give me something in return. Well, you know, you can smile, but when President Xi Jinping met with Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago, President Trump at Mar-a-Lago, he came away with access for U.S. beef and access for U.S. financial services. Exactly like he said he would get. So, I mean, I'm not for that, and I don't think you were. I think you rightly said, you know, we can't be complacent, we can't be sure what's going to come next. But at least he seems so far to have been um, more moderate than one might have feared from his campaign rhetoric, because his campaign rhetoric was, let's face it, whatever else you might like about Donald Trump and the deplorables, and there is a lot to like about him and especially about the deplorables, who are not deplorable at all, his talk was resolutely anti-free trade, and that would be a disaster, of course, for Australia, as you said. 
And so the reason why I wish you were still back in politics is that this week our new trade minister, Steve Tobo, said that we are going to get a free trade agreement with Hong Kong. And I think great, even though I do recall that Hong Kong was Milton Friedman's pillar for free trade. It's one of the most, if not the most, open economy in the world. But still, I think it's good to have an agreement, lock it in, maybe lock in guarantees for our services, which I think one of the great innovations that you had in the trade negotiations that you conducted, what, what was so great about it was that it covered services for the first name. And services is such an important and growing area of the Australian economy. It's also very important in the US. The US runs a balance of a surplus, a knowledge in, in, in service trade services. So, but in any case, what I hope that Sobo has learned from you, and which I read in a very good publication with the Menzies Research Centre, which I know you're on the board of, crazy for that as well, as well as for the rest of the area. Some people would say I have some sort of vested interest in taking that matter. Not true. In any case, I think in a very good book that Andrew Bragg published at the Menzies Research Centre, he had a great quote. He had a lot about what you did, and anybody who's interested in what Andrew did in negotiating trading services and trade in general, I recommend Secret Service, which Andrew wrote. It has a lot about um, Andrew Rob, uh, history and what you did, working with the Farmers Federation, how you pushed through got a, a, an alliance worked effectively with the Labor government of the 80s, the Hawking and Keating pushed through um, liberalisation and, and put that to a culmination with these great free free trade agreements. But one thing that Andrew said was that you and Tony Abbott set a deadline, one year, negotiate the agreement and you delivered in trade, three free trade agreements that had bedeviled the Labor government hadn't been able to deliver for six years. So I only hope that your successor takes the same approach. One year deadline, free trade agreement with India. And uh, I think it's really the most, one of the most important things we could do because, as you say, such an important and growing economy. So I'd like to thank you so much for your talk. I hope you will come back again. I hope you'll come back into politics. Thank you, Jane, and we hope to see you again at the fair soon. Thanks again for the opportunity, Rob.